Hey, chiropractors and marketers. We are ready for another modern chiropractic marketing show with Dr. Kevin Christie, where we discuss the latest in marketing strategies, content marketing, direct response marketing, and business development with some of the leading experts in the industry. Welcome to another episode of the Modern Chiropractic Marketing Show. This is Dr. Kevin Christie, your host. Today, I've got an interview with Dr. Josh Satterley. Not his first time on the show, won't be his last, but we discuss in more details than we did last time on our episode on integrating the gym to your clinic and really having that clinic-gym hybrid that's not, it's not a clinic inside of a gym. I've done that in the past where you maybe have a treatment room inside of a large gym. It's not that. So it's not a clinic in a gym. It's a clinic and it's a gym, typically in the same area, delineated. You have doctor, you have gym, you have trainer. And so I kind of asked him some questions about the logistics of it, the affordability of it, how it can enhance the practice, any negative impacts. So we, we get into the, the details of that. And also excited to announce he's going to be joining us at our first retreat at the CSA retreat. And I highly recommend checking that out. We're going to have a quite a good time. You know, we're going to have Josh there speaking. We're going to actually have him doing two things. Uh, One is we're going to break out him, Bobby, maybe, and myself. We're going to break out to chat with three different groups, right? So some of our beginners we'll have Bobby chat with some of the intermediate folks that are kind of, you know, let's just say four or five years out in practice doing their thing. I'm going to chat with them. And then uh, we're going to have Josh speak to the ones that are more of our seasoned veterans that are considering the exit strategy. Because as you know, Josh, as many of you know, Josh has built and sold a practice and very successful at that. So he'll be diving into those things. But he's also going to be presenting on basically how to have successful rehab implementation strategies, not not the gym fitness part as it pertains to this uh, CSA retreat, but more of integrating successful rehab into your practice and making it uh, effective and profitable. So we're going to have that. We're going to have Dr. Aaron Jorgensen there talking about ethical PI insights. Uh, one thing I love about Aaron is he he's very ethical, does everything really by the book, has a very successful practice, works you know a lot in the PI world, but also is active release technique certified and is very clinically oriented. So we're going to have him come and discuss that. We're going to have fun. We're going to we're going to go to a soccer game. We're going to go out and drink, have a good time, connect, do some outdoors stuff. So I highly recommend you join us there. And you can check that out at bit.ly, so bit.ly slash CSA retreat and register now. It's going to be uh, in June, June 20th through 22nd. It's going to be uh, hope my first trip to Portland, my first trip to the Pacific Northwest and, and looking forward to that. So join us there. Uh, actually, it's the, the 21st through the 23rd. So make sure we get those dates right, June 21st to the 23rd. And uh, we're going to have a good time and we're going to learn. You know, I'm going to discuss a lot about, basically, I'm going to be speaking about optimization, automation, and, and outsourcing. Really get clear on that, not just your marketing, but also business systems. And so that'll be my contribution to it as well. And so I hope to see you there. All right. So without further ado, here is my interview with Dr. Josh Satterley. 
All right. Welcome to the show, Dr. Josh Satterley. This isn't your first nor your last time on it. I always appreciate having conversations with you, and I know the audience does as well. So thanks for joining us. Absolutely, man. My pleasure. And uh, it might be my last. I might say something that gets you finally close the door on me. So that's why I have a podcast producer. We can always get rid of that. <laughs> Edit in post, baby. Edit in post. <laughs> so what's new? Oh, not much. I uh, We got the first clinic gym hybrid super conference uh, coming up in Austin, Texas. Let's see. That's April 13th, 14th. That's the first live event I've ever hosted. So lots of learning and fun there. Just had a family vacation up in Lake Tahoe. Dumped snow the whole time we were there. Definitely recharged the batteries and then pursuing a couple other uh, there's always stuff, man. There's always stuff on the horizon. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So what's kind of the gist of the live event? Yeah, it's interesting because um, essentially my business is online, right? Like it's it was launched on the uh, Modern Chiropractic Marketing Podcast, which give a little plug for those guys. They're pretty good. Uh, doing all right. Uh, but then essentially you just live online, right? And then maybe once in a while, like at Parker, you see some people you've worked with or people are thinking about getting in your program, saw them at Forward. But I personally always love learning at live events. Like uh, if you give me a choice between purely online or purely in person, I will wait the months until it's in person. I think kind of a combination of both of those is probably the best. So since I had an online program, I just thought it would be great to have a live event one weekend where you can get basically go from zero to started uh, with a clinic gym hybrid. And um, so it kind of grew from that. And then I backfilled it with people that had already signed up for my program and everything. I just wanted to, uh, what do they say? You honor the, the true fans or whatever. So anybody that had signed up for any of my services got free entry into it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. It's kind of building the camaraderie and brand. And, and I'm sure that Saturday night of, of the weekend, we'll have some good conversations over dinner about, uh, What's next? Yeah, you know, the live event stuff is so great. I, I, let's see, I started the Facebook group for Modern Chiropractic Marketing. It'll be three years in July and then the podcast a couple years ago. And, and again, everything was kind of built online. That was cool. And I felt like I knew people. But over the last year, you know, between Ford KC and then Vegas, and then I was just at MPI Sports Symposium Chicago, and then even the strategic coach I go to, and I had the NFL combine program, there was a lot of hanging out that I've done Mm -hmm. in the last year with my different groups, you know, whether it was chiropractors or entrepreneurs and strategic coach, all the sports agents and all the different trainers I know from the football world, just a lot of hanging out. It's amazing the camaraderie that can be built. And then even, you know, obviously there's a lot of learning in the sessions of live events. But some of the greatest learning too is just the conversations, right? Like oh, absolutely. having drinks or lunch with somebody. You and I had a conversation at Parker Vegas, like just walking down the hall to grab some from your hotel room. And, you know, that was one of my highlights of that weekend. Yeah. I mean, we, we got to hang out and prepare for our talks there. And we're like, how about when we, <laughs> we went into the room the day before to check out the room? We're like, holy shit, this is a big room. <laughs> <laughs> massive man. It's just you and I this big room kind of prepping for it so yeah stuff like that's extremely valuable I think I try to encourage chiropractors to get outside of their bubble you know we get left on this island in our practices and we don't get out there and so I always encourage people to try to do a handful a few events a year make it part of their budget and start making those connections you know you learn you learn a lot I think from a marketing aspect too 
you know, there's kind of like that, I don't know how to say this. There's like that old school traditional chiropractic marketing, the non-modern chiropractic marketing. Yeah, there you go. That was like, oh, have the patient appreciation event and blah, blah. And I used to think, oh man, what a joke. And, but now I'm looking at it going, you know what? One of the downsides of our business is that it's always when people are banged up, right? Like there's no time to just hang out like you're saying and just, and, and most of the people you have in your practice, I'm sure you have, there's tons of interesting people that come through the door and, you know, you want to just spend time with them. So having those events, I think is a great way to just engage those people in a non-professional environment and kind of relax. I think attorneys do a really good job of that, especially out in my town, the PI attorneys. Uh, there's one that has this huge party every year. All the attorneys from all the firms, even the ones that go up against them are always there yeah. <laughs> hanging out yeah. and shaking hands. And Yeah, you got to do that in the community. You know, we do the sports cover experiences every quarter. There you go. That's great. I'm a big sponsor of a huge triathlon group here in Boca and they've got a ton of members and they know how to have a good time. Like they really know how to have a good time. And they have this summer bash each year at, at one of the members house has a big sprawling house and outdoor pool and stuff. And I go every year, I kind of limit myself to a couple drinks and I, and I move on and I, and I get out because it gets a little wild and you know, it's, you got to know when to say when, especially in that type of <laughs> setting, yeah. but it, it builds that rapport. I think the live stuff is huge. Yeah. I think you just get that deepened relationship. So uh, that often gets forgotten in a lot of the uh, marketing tips. Like, I don't know if you ever go to the digital marketer website, for example, like I've been to it a couple of times. Yeah. They do a great job of a lot of stuff, but they forget that live piece, you know, like there's no uh, module for play golf, you know, twice a year with uh, your best referral source or something like that. So, well, even to the point where, you know, I, I co-presented at the sports symposium for MPI in Chicago and it was myself and Dr. Rich Holm and he dove into all of the grassroots stuff and talked a lot about connecting the community and how to do that ideally. And then I spoke a lot on content marketing messaging and obviously the distribution channels of like social media and email. But one of the things I made mention to, because I was speaking to students mainly, was that the best way to do it, to build your practice is to really connect in the community and build rapport with people. And if you don't do that, it's going to be a huge problem. Yeah, I was just listening to a different podcast and it was all attorneys. And the guy said that, you know, early on, he's like, we started having lunches with people with all their attorneys in the area, but that got expensive. And he's like, it's bad for your waistline. He's like, so I started having coffee <laughs> and they set a firm goal of the two partners of having coffee, each of them twice a week with someone. Mm -hmm. He said that after about six months, like their business was doing great. They had a lot of relationships and they were referring out a lot too, because, you know, they're like, Hey, I had this patient come in or a client come in. Uh, I don't do, you know, immigration law. Is that something you handle? So they're building these great relationships and all it costs, he said, was $3 for a cup of coffee. Yeah, exactly. You know, sometimes the lunches and dinners, unless you kind of know the person a little bit more, it gets a little dragged out, right? <laughs> or it can be super uncomfortable. I had that one time. And it's it's like, like dating. You don't want to go on a first date for like a hour and a half dinner. <laughs> exactly. But um, so one of the things I wanted to bring up is that, you know, we do the practice audit for anybody that I work with, whether it's the Chiropractic Success Academy or one-on-one -on -one coaching. And a lot of people have set goals for the clinic gym hybrid. And that's obviously what you're about and, and really helping chiropractors do that. I have some questions for you regarding that. Are we ready, ready to roll with some of that? Let's we're already rolling, baby. Let's go. Yeah, exactly. 
one of the things that I wanted to ask was uh, having a gym in your in your clinic. Does that impact your ability at all to connect with and get referrals from other gyms? Kind of on that piggybacking, connecting your community and networking. What and really, I think gyms are a huge aspect for that. But does that impact at all connecting with gyms and trainers of other facilities? Yeah, I think it's a great question, and I'm glad uh, whoever asked that is thinking long term, right? Because they're like, hey, look, I I get a ton of referrals. I don't want to break that. And I think that's a great thought. I personally think you can do it if you do it the right way. And what I mean by that is, I think it's important that if you are getting those referrals from personal trainers and other gyms, you want to make sure, number one, that you're that you really have a relationship with them, which means you call them, you text them, you have dinner or coffee or whatever with them every once in a while. When you get to the point where you're going to start a gym, I think it's worth taking those people out to dinner or coffee and saying, you know, hey, Kevin, uh, just so you know, I'm going to be starting a gym and here's why and here's what I want to do or here's the people I want to serve. Our biggest referral sources were four CrossFit gyms in my area. And I, I took all of them out to lunch individually. And I said, here's what we're doing. And I remember one guy said, yeah, that, that's fine. You, you and I don't have the same clients. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, we're a competitive CrossFit gym. I send people to you to, to get fixed because you're good. He's like, but your gym's kind of like the refugee camp for, <laughs> for my people. <laughs> like, if they can't handle it in mine, I send them your way. He's like, it's fine. Mm-hmm. But I think just having that conversation just opens it up. And there was no problem with any of the people that, that were sending people to us. So... I think that that went fine. Perfect. Yeah, but it's all relationship-based. Maintain that relationship because I think long-term, that's what will serve you too. Yeah, and then obviously, I'm assuming make note that you're not going to steal clients, right? Like yeah, I blatantly brought that up. That's a good yeah. point, Kev, because I brought that up in every conversation. Say, listen, even if one of your clients is in here and asks you know, about our gym, I will defer them back to you. I won't let them join our gym. If you refer them in, like we just will not let that happen. So um, that gives them some uh, confidence in the fact that it's it's not going to happen. So would another strategy be, because I know I do that here, I don't have have a gym, but if someone comes into me from a gym, from a trainer, I will try to you know, obviously get permission from the patient, but communicate with the trainer. Would you recommend that um, someone with the clinic gym hybrid gets a referral from an injured patient, from a trainer? to try to bridge that gap a little bit and say, well, cause they may want to transition into your gym because of all of that offers as far as injury prevention and kind of that continuity of care. But would you recommend just for you as the doctor to ask Mary, can I talk to your trainer and we can actually just communicate some of the information that we found and they can implement some of that into to your programming there. Is that, is that a strategy as well? Yeah, I think that's a fantastic strategy. I mean, if you looked at the clinic gym hybrid I owned and you like distilled out the five best clients, they all had this in common. We were serving them in the clinic and the gym, but we worked on a lot of golf, right? So they were golfers and their golf instructor had been in our gym for one of their sessions. (laughs) So if you can create that team environment, let's say it's a trainer and your patient and you, if you can find a time that all three of you sit there and, and say like, hey, what was the, the woman's name you're talking about? Kelly? Mary or Kelly, one of the Ma- two. Yeah, <laughs> the sisters, they're twin sisters. It's fine. Yeah. So Mary here has a goal of running a marathon in less than five hours. And I know she's working with you, trainer guy, on um, you know these exercises. 
and we see that she has this hip issue and another issue in her core. Here's how we're taking that. Once we get to this point, I think that you could best take over. And having that all of a sudden, there's much more legitimacy and there's this feeling like Mary or Kelly feels like they feel like a million bucks. Because where else are you going to go where you have multiple people kind of surrounding you talking about you and how to make you better? Mm -hmm. So I think that's a fantastic and to the point where this podcast doesn't get released anywhere, right? It's just you and me. <laughs> so here, here's something we we did that's it was just the gym side. But if a golf instructor has referred somebody on the gym side, we would pay them because it was like part of our marketing budget, right? We'd mm -hmm. be like, hey, thanks a lot for sending this person over. Here's here's some money. If they would show up with that person, so they came in for that first visit with the the client, <clears throat> I would take almost every single dollar we make on that first visit and just give it to the golf instructor. Because that golf instructor goes like, number one, you're going to get such a long-term client in the gym. They're never going to leave because they're going, oh, my golf instructor said I need to be here. And mm -hmm. Kevin, you've worked with golfers. Like, if, you're, if their golf instructor says, push a pin through your hand every day for 30 straight days, you'll get better. <laughs> they'll do it, right? Like, Yes. Yeah. So if the golf instructor says, go here and I will meet you there, they believe that that is the number one best place for them. Second piece of that is like with golf instructors in the winter, for example, they don't make a lot of money. Their day, days get really short. They can't be out on the range past whatever, four o'clock. And if you're like the person that provides them like, you know, an hour or two of income at the end of every day, good times, right? Like everybody's, you're making money, they're making money, you're, and the student is getting better. Yeah, I actually use that communication with golf pros and with trainers is that our goal is for them to return or stick with training or golf during the process or as quickly as we can. And so, yeah, you're definitely putting money back in their pocket. And, and if you can't create that, by the way, people are going, oh, well, that's easy for you guys. No, it's not. It's never easy for anybody. But yeah, one trick you can do now with cell phones is like FaceTime the trainer, right? Be standing there with your patient being like, hey, trainer, Shauna. Hey, Shauna, um, I'm standing here with, with Mary. You know, we were going over her results of her you know, hip. It's, I think it's about 50% better. We still got some work to do. But I was looking at some modifications. Hey, Mary, can you show Shauna what we worked on today? You know, just get that conversation. Mm -hmm. And once again, like who wouldn't be impressed with that, that kind of take on medicine? Oh, it's huge. It's collaborative and it's, um, it's just something they're not getting in most other places. Right. It's certainly modern, right? Like, I mean, why not use this technology that's, there's no cost. It's just the time. And <laughs> From a marketing perspective, I'm sure, I don't know how to measure it, but I'm sure that that builds your, your referral relationship with that trainer. Cool. I like that. Good stuff. So now let's uh, pivot a little bit. One of the things I discussed recently in a podcast, and it's from Seth Godin, but it's that, that whole X, Y axis of positioning. And basically on, say, the X axis, you're going to have something like um, expert on one end and non-expert on the other end. And let's just for the sake of argument, on the y-axis, it's going to be general chiropractor. And on the other, it would be niched, like say you work only with golfers, right? That's super niched, but just mm -hmm. give an example. And you want to find yourself positioned in a certain way where like, a, you know, Greg Rose is expert golf and can command a ton of uh, money in a sense of reimbursement right. and he's cash, things like that. And then where you wouldn't want to be would be uh, general and expensive or let's see, let's say general and non-expert, right? <laughs> like you're not going to command much there. And that's, that's a problem with positioning. Yeah. I see that 
out here in in Vegas, there's a lot of restaurants at like the B rate hotels, uh-huh. and it's like some guy, you know, Chef Kevin Christie, and it's like I've never heard of that guy. He doesn't have a Food Network thing. This place is kind of expensive, but I can't really delineate what they're really good at. Exactly. It's a horrible place to be because they're paying out their nose for rent and Mm -hmm. they just can't break free on any of those criteria. A hundred percent. And then I kind of talked about as well in the positioning, if you're not careful and you fall into that X, Y axis and you've positioned yourself to where maybe a personal trainer is or a massage therapist or certain things that can devalue you in the eyes of the community because let's face it, like a doctor has a little more command of perceived value in the sense of reimbursement, right? Or what Mm -hmm. someone's willing to pay hourly or whatever it may be. And so with that being said, how does a chiropractor, you know, maintain the authority of a doctor in that kind of expert level and avoid being positioned as say a personal trainer in this type of clinic gym hybrid? So how do they not just look like one more of the staff? Yes, exactly. One solution is hire staff. Make it very clear like, oh yeah, we have Chad over here, our trainer, and so that it's different when you step out on the floor. It's, it's either a big deal or it's um, a special occasion or there's some reason. And number two is I tell my, all my clients this, the only thing we have over everybody else is expertise. Mm-hmm. I'm sure in your town, there are massive gyms with tons of equipment. None of my clients will ever be that big or have that much equipment. I hope they do, but you know, you're not like, there's a 250,000 square foot lifetime athletic here uh, <laughs> that I go to. You're going to have a long road if you want to get to that point, mm-hmm. but what don't they have expertise? So if you are a doctor, share the expertise every time that you're coaching out on the floor, if you have to do that because you don't have the staff or you don't have the space, whatever, I, it's fine. Like everybody goes through that. Share the expertise. Like, why are we doing this exercise and how does it relate to the things I see in the clinic? So, hey, Kevin, we're going to teach hip hinging today. And, and hip hinging is such a big deal for all my patients I've seen with low back pain because what I see in the clinic, which is like a reminder, I'm in the clinic all day. What I see in the clinic is a lot of people overuse their low back and underuse their hips. Oftentimes that's from sitting too much. I'm just making stuff up. But so we want to make sure we learn to hip hinge well so that it preserves our low back as you go through life, blah, 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 blah. And they go, oh, okay. But if you just sit there and you're silent guy, like counting off one through 10 on pushups, I don't think there's a perception of expertise. Yeah. And that's the thing too. Obviously with one of the biggest problems personal training has is you can get a certification in a weekend and there's such a wide spectrum of good versus bad personal trainers. And you're going to definitely position your, your whole facility as expertise and not only clinical, but in training. And I guess that's what really drives it, right? Yeah. Like Kevin, you're perceived as an expert in marketing, right? Well, I've done a good job of just faking it until I make it. Well, I mean, I won't tell anybody like, (laughs) but, uh, but you're perceived as an expert in marketing chiropractors, right? So like you're niched down specifically to marketing for chiropractors. Mm -hmm. I think it's because what do you always talk about? How to market a chiropractic office, right? And you don't just talk about marketing, but you relate it back to chiropractors and what they're going through and Mm -hmm. what it's like to have people come in and how you connect marketing to your front desk. So people understand that you, that you, Kevin Christie, understand chiropractors very well. The same thing will occur in the gym if you talk about how it relates back to the clinic. 
No, it makes sense. How do you, in the clinic gym model, how do you, or how did you, and then how do you, because I know you did it. That's the one thing that's key. Kind of like you talk about me working with chiropractors. You've done this model. You've made it successful and you were able to now help out other chiropractors. What do you recommend as far as that, that kind of delineation? Like this is the chiropractor, the doctor, and this, these are the training staff. How do you do that with your communication with the patients, with staff, things like that? Number one, I think, and I, I learned this from one of my mentors, Greg Rose, is whenever you're introducing someone else into the situation, position them well. So I would say, Kevin, this is Lance. Lance is the, and let's say you came in for a, a shoulder injury. Kevin, this is Lance. Lance is the number one trainer in our area for patients with shoulder injuries. He's able to get them back feeling strong and healthy, probably better than anybody else I've ever seen, Right my goal is to have you work with him once you're out of pain, but right now you're still in pain. So let's head to the clinic. And then you just have that relationship with Lance. You shake his hand and you're out of there. Right. I position Lance well so that when it gets to the point you want to hand off, you feel confident and you're like, Oh yeah, that's that guy. That's really good. And I said, Lance is the best in the area at working with shoulder pain patients. Well, he better be because you're working with him all the time as a doctor training him, right? Like these people are, you know, you share your clinical expertise with them and they'll be awesome. So everybody wins in that situation, but you're creating clear handoffs, right? He's a trainer, but you're not handing off. I don't know how to say this. Like you're not, um, imagine I had a, a, a brick and I'm handing that brick off. If I'm standing on a chair, I can hand it to you. If you're standing on the ground, Kevin, and you can pretty much catch it, right? Like it's not going to be too heavy yep. because there's not a huge distance. If I stood on the roof of my house, I'm like, all right, catch this huge brick. You're like, I don't want to catch that handoff. It's the same if you're positioning yourself as the most incredible doctor in the world and this trainer is, eh, they're all right. You know, like that gap is too far. So we just fill in that gap and they get to work with the best people at every step. You've always talked about hiring A players and then having them function at the highest capacity of their certification or licensure, right? Absolutely, yeah. And I'm sure that really helps out in that sense. Right, and if you do that, I mean, the trainers, I know there's a lot of people, I'm sure you see this on like uh, FTCA, Facebook group, these people getting all worked up about these trainers that are like probably overstepping their bounds. Like they're, <laughs> they're pushing the limits. Like doing some soft tissue work. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. if you step back, if you were a trainer and you're really motivated to get people better, I mean, look at you. Like, so if you're a trainer, Kevin, and you wanted to go to the NFL combine, is there anything that would hold you back? If you didn't have a professional license, if there's, like a chiropractor or a physical therapist, is there anything that'll hold you back from doing every freaking thing you can to get your client better? No, I agree. Yeah. And you'd probably bleed over into doing a little too much diagnosis and soft tissue work and whatnot. And, yeah. but, but you can also look at that as that person is like waving their hand saying, I want to learn more. Nobody's teaching me, but dang it, I want to learn more. When I was in chiropractic college, I may have overstepped the bounds of what an intern's supposed to do. I won't tell anybody. <laughs> yeah. But again, this this is just you and me, right? This doesn't get published or anything. So the reason I did that is I wanted more. I wanted to do everything I could for that person in front of me. Those trainers that are driving you nuts with, you hear about them doing a bunch of stuff. There's a good place to have coffee. Hey, I heard that you're doing this and tell them I'm looking for somebody that can really help me build the best gym in the world. The transitions people out of pain and into performance. Are you interested? They will probably think that is like the perfect situation for their life. That is like what they want. 
more than anything else, you know, just no one's ever offered it to him. I agree. All right. So we got past that hurdle. Now, what should a chiropractor do to prepare to actually turn their clinic into a clinic gym hybrid? Because I'm assuming I shouldn't assume, right? But mostly chiropractors that are in practice right now. So not Mm -hmm. the student coming out, uh, but someone that wants to turn their uh, clinic into a a gym hybrid model. uh, What should they do to prepare that? Yeah, you gotta you gotta be full Ronald Reagan and start yelling, tear down that wall. <laughs> but usually they need to open up some open space. That's yeah. that's like the number one piece of equipment, quote unquote equipment you need is open space. But they gotta have some understanding of exercise themselves. I didn't I didn't say they have to be the best. I just saying they have to have an understanding. Kind of like, you know, if you get a new EMR and there's like a billing software. Like you work through some of the billing pieces, you don't just like hand it off to your billing manager, right? Like you want to get a, a cursory overview just in case anything goes wrong and and maybe you see stuff that other people don't see. So I would highly recommend if you want to, the, the best seminar I've ever taken on exercise was probably the CFSC, the Certified Functional Strength Coach from um, Mike Boyle Strength and Conditioning. Okay. I think it's just a day and I, I'll say that that will bleed into your rehab as well. Like it'll be great rehab tools too. Yeah. But very organized, very systematic in the approach and understanding how that goes. Uh-huh. I mean, I can't recommend that course enough for the exercise piece. You'd be probably one of the better trainers in your area if you just took that and it's a weekend course. Certainly, I think that's a better place to start than getting like the CSCS certification or yeah. any of those. Yeah, that's a little, I mean, it's not a bad, not a bad thing if you want to set your target to it, but I took the CSCS back in the day, got certified. I think after, I don't know, five years, I let it lapse, but I think uh, you're about my age. Did you view the old school, like VHS, like super grainy, crappy video? Oh yeah. I heard they redid all those. I'm like, ah, such a disappointment. (laughs) I think we're at that age where we experience a lot of things. We were just on the border of having things better, but it wasn't, you know? (laughs) <laughs> yeah like you a, saw the transition yeah like I, even yeah. in the Flo- state of florida when i graduated and came down here i had to take the florida boards and they wouldn't let anybody in here without the florida boards there was no chiropractic schools here in florida i think now there's mm-hmm. three there's no state exam they'll let anybody in florida now so it's like damn i just missed that one i could have just uh, been licensed in one month instead of six months yeah it's funny though that you bring that up because one thing that's driving me nuts right now in chiropractic and we went to the Parker seminar and you're looking at all these new booths The the booths at the show were great. I got to give a hand to Bill Morgan and his team. I mean, they kicked some serious ass. Like that place was awesome. However, and this is not a, a fault of Parker's I'm looking at like these different booths. I'm like, this is like repackaged the same old crap though. Like these tables have not changed in <laughs> 50 years. I mean, j- Jim Parker probably was on one of these tables you know? <laughs> and this laser thing is like, yeah, you're calling it the 9,040, but it's no different than the first one I saw 20 years ago, you know? Yeah. Except for the price tags different. Yep. But <laughs> the other thing is operationally many um, industries have advanced pretty far. And, and like, I think we are set to advance operationally. Like if you look at all the EMRs, Cairo touch is like the big EMR you know, they had a huge booth at Parker, but if you look at their user interface and everything, it was cool. Like when Jesus walked the earth, <laughs> I mean, it, it's old school looking, right? Like, and, and they're supposedly the the best on in the world. I'm like, 
what's the deal here? And then like, they want to charge up the wazoo to text your patients. Like that's some huge thing. I'm like, dude, texting is like the thing now. I ain't asking you for webhooks, homeboy. Like just, <laughs> just text. Like how hard can this be? Like my phone does it. And they're like, well, we, we have a dedicated fax number. I'm like, what era are you freaking thinking I'm working in here? <laughs> anyway, it's just like, I'm like, what? <laughs> it's just funny to me. Like, um, and I really think like the people that step up or the new people that are starting to practice now, if you find a really good EMR solution that like integrates with, I mean, I'm sure you run into this. How great would it be if you could integrate information from your EMR and your, you know, uh, marketing programs? Like you can't share info, but somehow get those to talk so you had accurate data in Google and you had accurate data in Facebook and stuff, you know? Yeah, you know, it's funny because there's that whole thing, API. Uh, yeah. I don't know what it stands for. I know it's integration of some sort, but basically connecting the internet together. Mm-hmm. You would think someone would have a, APIs to get uh, those things connected, right? Yeah. One thing I really liked about your presentation that I, was, I, I attended it in Vegas was the space demonstration you gave you actually did a workout on the stage which wasn't a huge stage and you basically showed how you could do it in a small space so you're saying we need space but it doesn't need to be a huge space right yeah that's why i'm saying tear down walls if you already have a thousand or fifteen hundred square foot office i bet banging on the walls of two or three treatment rooms would give you enough space to have a fully functional gym that's that's booming i mean you know i both know chip bleem he moved to a bigger space it's not a huge space you know, he has a lot of open space. It's working well. I'm trying to think of who else I know that has a small space. It's killing. Like I, I've probably got three or four clients that are in like 1500 square feet and it's working really well, really well. Cause the other thing about the gym is it does the hours that your clinic doesn't do. I mean, what's health fit open? What are your hours Monday through Friday? Oh, you don't want to know that, man. It's, it's, uh, I don't, I don't barely work anymore. No, I'm just kidding. It's Monday nine to six. Well, I'm just saying like you earn revenue from nine to six, but a gym will earn revenue from like five or 5.30 a.m. to that 9 a.m. So you get a few hours of extra revenue there. After six, you'll get a couple of extra hours. So it creates a really good extra revenue stream that's not totally in the way of your daily operations, right? Well, yeah. Like even to that point, like that's just my Monday, nine to six. Monday, Thursday's nine to six, but I got like Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, half days. And that's all we're open. And so there's plenty of time. And I think a lot of chiropractors have half days and things like that. Yeah. And the other piece is like that space, let's say it's, I don't know, like your recovery area, your sports recovery area. How big is that space? 20 by 20 or something? Uh, I actually got got about 500 square feet. It's an open area to rubberize. Yeah. Yep. You could have a really good little gym in there, but then also like, as long as you're not putting bolted down equipment, you're, you know, you're using dumbbells and kettlebells maybe turn it into a classroom when once a week you have classes on nutrition or functional medicine or anything that you believe in as a chiropractor, turn it into a classroom and it's a learning environment. And uh, that's a really good way, especially for like a new chiro starting out. Man, if you were known that every Thursday night you had a, I mean, like you said, you work with triathlon, like a class for triathletes on injury and, and lower body or speed for lower body and strength, core strength. I think they respond pretty well. Absolutely. And we do that. We hosted a factor. It's off the topic a little bit, but we were able to host a factor presentation or I shouldn't say presentation workshop over the weekend. Yeah. We have the space for that. So That's awesome. Awesome. So you mentioned Chip. I know he's been doing awesome. Who's your him or uh, anybody else that's just a great success story for you? 
I love having Chip on our group calls because everybody will always complain. I don't have enough space for that. I don't have enough space yeah. for that. And Chip did it in 200 square feet. Yeah, and no, I thought you... it'd take 400 square feet, but he's like, nah, you need half that. I'm like, hmm. what the hell? So anyways, Dan Leonard, who I okay. think, yeah, graduated right after you, right before you. I don't know. I don't know. Probably means after. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's after me now. I'm getting old. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> um you got those gray highlights coming in on the sides there, homeboy. It looks look good, man. Good. Women like it. Yeah, it makes it look like you're moving fast when you just stand still. <laughs> um, anyways, he he's crushing it right now. So he moved into a bigger space, and he has finally got his marketing dialed in. And you know, you got to market to what people want to respond to, right? So he did a bunch of stuff: performance, function, less pain, and he put out some ads for weight loss and just the floodgates open. So he's added forty. Actually, I talked to him last night. So 42 new clients in the last two months to his gym. Damn. Yeah. And he's also switching it up so that now when he does his ROF on day two, like, you know, he does everything and he says, hey, listen, I want I want you to be very resilient when you end this. So, you know, we have a gym. I'd love to have you participate in four weeks of our small group training as part of your care plan. He sells that on the front end of care and he's getting at least half the people to freaking sign up and pay for it up front because they're like, yes, that's what I want. I want to be super tough and resilient. So he's getting it from both sides and all those 40 people that you get in for weight loss or whatever, a bunch of them become clinic clients. They've told their friends. It's a perfect synergy. That's awesome. I, I kind of like shocked with those numbers. That's pretty good. I shouldn't say pretty good. That's really damn good. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chip's got a, a little uh, catching up to do. That's right. Yeah. So Dan's just crushing it. I think that's, and that's how it should be, you know? Yeah, that's awesome, man. So, and I'm assuming you're going to be talking about some of those types of uh, processes to get it done at your, your live event. Uh, Give us some information on how they can sign up for that. Well, they can't, it's closed, (laughs) (laughs) but we'll probably do another one in the future. Uh, No, we, the way we did it is like, um, I mean, pull back the curtain for a, a lot of people listening. Yeah. Like I was really nervous about a live event and putting something on for two days is like, it's overwhelming. And especially in the production of it, how do you sit there and talk about that stuff long enough? Right. Mm -hmm. But I believe in the CFSC. So what I arranged is the CFSC that we talked about that certified functional strength coach program is a one day event. So I found one that was on a Sunday and then I went to the same town that same weekend on a Saturday. Basically I talked to those guys, the instructor of the CFSC course. I said, Hey, I want to do this other thing on the business side. So basically Saturday is all the business talk. And then Sunday is the actual exercises. I ran it by him. He's like, that's awesome. Love to have it. And we'd love to have those people in our class. And then he actually is going to do a couple hours of instruction on Saturday about things he's learned along the way so that they'll see him that day a little bit. And then he'll be their main instructor the following day. I guess what I'm saying is like, there's a lot of ways to do live events by piggybacking off other events. Mm -hmm. I mean, like if I were marketing to the world of chiropractors like John Morrison, for example, Mm -hmm. he's not a chiropractor, but he went to Parker. Why? Because Parker's a great place to get people who are already chiropractors that might be looking to build up their marketing. He just wanted to hang out with me. Well, yeah, that too is like 49% hang out with you and 51% totally business, right? No, he's, he's awesome. Yeah. That's why he went as far as like what you mentioned and he's connecting him and I are actually co-presenting at uh, Bobby's event forward. Yeah. In that case, like where else is a guy like that who's not in the chiropractic profession going to find a rich environment of people to talk to 
in a place where they can talk. And I thought, if I want to bring this exercise program I believe in, why not just bolt my program onto, you know, the front end of that? And then my people will get all the information from me on Saturday. We'll have a great dinner together and talk and hang out and socialize and build those deep relationships. And then we all get to work out together on the following day. That's cool. It's awesome, right? Yeah. Anyways, there's ways to kind of peel back these situations so they're not so intimidating. Definitely. And you'll keep us abreast of the next live event. Absolutely. I'll try and give you more than two weeks notice. (laughs) That's awesome, man. Well, I'm glad it's... uh, When's the MCM live event, dude? Well, we're doing the CSA retreat. So that's kind of the MCM slash CSA slash FTCA small group slash DNS slash ART slash TPI. Basically. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Any three letters we can put in there. Yeah, we're doing it. But yeah, that's going to be the the live event. But right now I'm just kind of piggybacking on other events, but I'm sure at some point we'll do a strictly modern chiropractic marketing, dive deep into content marketing, messaging, things like that. So yeah, man. Well, I'd love to be part of that. Let me know when it is. I will for sure. Hey, thanks for being on again. I always appreciate chatting. I know you and I will see each other. And MCM launched my business, dude. Seriously. Like, thank you. Cause if, uh, if I hadn't been on the podcast talking about uh, the clinic gym hybrid, I don't think I'd be, I wouldn't have been on the stage in Parker and wouldn't uh, have the clients I have. So well, I appreciate uh, that. Thank you very much. I'm not going to write you a check for it, but I just want to say thank you. I still got my uh, poker chip. I need to go spend in Vegas. Yeah. So. There I was in Vegas, man. I'd, I'd thrown out 25 of those things or 50 of them. Hell, and nobody ever turned one in. Before I let you go, I want to give you three ways that we could potentially work together in helping growing your practice. First is the Chiropractic Success Academy, and it's an online academy with a closed Facebook group, a monthly Zoom call as a group, and we really work through a lot of key aspects of growing your business, such as marketing, business, the clinical side of things, and also the mindset. And we have a great academy built out with all kinds of information you'd want that you can go through at your own pace. We have for new members, a kind of a game plan of following these first set of modules. So you don't get overwhelmed and then go from there. We bounce ideas around in the Facebook group. You have some access to myself and Dr. Bobby, maybe, and you can find that at bit.ly bit.ly slash your CSA circle. So that's number one way you can work with me. Number two, another way we can work together is through the, CSA retreat we're having in Portland, Oregon, and that's going to be June 21st to 23rd. And that's where we're going to really dive one-on-one live as a group and get into the details of growing your practice. And we've got some special guests coming to that, Dr. Josh Satterley, Dr. Aaron Jorgensen, and you can find that at bit.ly.ly slash CSA retreat. And then lastly, we're doing, I'm doing some one-on-one coaching. I've got a some chiropractors we're working with. If you're interested in that, where you have a coach and you have someone holding you accountable and we get really clear on the modern chiropractic marketing principles. And that is the coaching is MCM mastery. And if you're interested in that, you can go to bit.ly slash MCM coach, and you can check out that information or contact me at Kevin at modern And I can discuss it more with you. So hope those are some ways where you think we can work together and help grow together. And I appreciate everything that I've learned from you. And I love sharing some of the stuff I've been able to learn through interviewing people and doing this for 15 years in private practice. 
Thank you for listening to another episode of the Modern Chiropractic Marketing Show with Dr. Kevin Christie. Tune in next week for another episode that will enhance your marketing, business, and practice growth. Also, don't forget to subscribe to Dr. Christie's Modern Desk Jockey podcast and share with your desk-sitting patients. In the Modern Desk Jockey, Dr. Christie provides health and wellness best practices from some of the leading experts in the corporate wellness industry. Remember, chiropractic practice isn't easy, but it shouldn't be overwhelming. Keep leveling up.